This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. There's still things to play for here. Like we're still, we're still, we still need to play hard, and there's still, you know, pride in our dressing room. And what happened in the second period wasn't uh, wasn't positive, obviously, and how how they took it to us. So yeah, I challenged them, and they responded. He is uh, such a hockey guy. He just always had. He he looks chiseled out of granite. You can see yes. the, the scars, the hockey scars. You know, he is the definition of the term "if looks could kill." Too. <laughs> yeah. Would you want to run into him in a? No. He's got those piercing back eyes. Alley. I would be curious what he sounds like. Really pissed off. Have we not had him? Uh, yeah, really you've had him pissed, pissed off at the he was the assistant coach when Bruce did his epic rant on HBO about 10 years ago. He oh, okay. also has a viral clip where he is just scolding the Capitals in the locker room. Like okay. scolding them with we can't play he it does? on this show. Yes, we 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 can't. Oh, I got to find this. We can't play it on this show for uh, for you. a lot of reasons, but yes, it exists. He 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 can get pissed. <laughs> I got to find that. What will it take, I guess, with, with this team to get him that piss? But uh, this is Minnesota Sports with Mackie and Judd. You're home for Minnesota Sports Entertainment, Speculation, and Therapy. I have a random Minnesota Athlete of the Week for you guys later on this episode. Here we go again. Back by popular demand. I'll do the first few, and then we can kind of rotate going forward so we can all get in on the mix. But uh, last night, I guess, I mean, you guys tell me, Judd's Hockey Show, the the big story was probably the, the the nearly 22 minutes of ice time. In fact, I believe Brock Faber was on the ice longer than any other defenseman in yes. that game. Yep. And uh and it and he he had six blocked shots and performed pretty well considering he just suffered a devastating championship game loss against Quinnipiac just hours earlier. Do you know how you watch guys from their first game sometimes and you're like he's got it? Like, he's got something. Faber has it. Um, He is not going to be dynamic offensively, at least right now. But when I watch him play, he is – and look, I know the Blackhawks stink, and I I know that this was basically, in some ways, a clash of two what some would call AHL teams. But Faber's ability to recover and his skating is so good and so smooth I think it's going to translate perfectly. I think it's going to absolutely translate. Um, dare I say that when I watch him skate, he's got some 
Brodeen to his game mm-hmm. because Brodeen's mm-hmm. inc- incredible thing Brody. is recovery. Like he can cover for his 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 defensive partner, but if he screws up, he's also so good and so smooth that that he can fix the mistake, and you and you like don't even see it. Uh, Faber's got some of those things, and I was told, of course, on on Twitter by a few folks last night to calm down. Let's see him play against more teams, which is okay. That's fine, but there are certain guys where you watch them and you're like, there's a ability about their their game, and this is true in all sports. Not just hockey. People said that the first time Judd ever put pen to paper in his um, newspaper career. When like, I was you know, in sometimes fifth grade, you can just tell the first I was sentence, in grade, the first sentence in the guy's professional writing career. You can and just I tell. Wrote for the Saint Therese paper, and, and the fans were like, "This is incredible. This is you. You're a product." Oh my God! Look at that sentence. Look at that shade. paragraph. Look at the look at the look pen, at that look, nut graph. And look at where he and look at where he uh, 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 created a new paragraph. I mean, this construction is unbelievable. But anyway, Dex, I don't know what you thought, but I was really, really, really impressed by what this kid can do. Yeah, he played really well. Uh, 21 minutes, I believe it was uh, tied for the most minutes in an NHL debut by a wild player, too. So he, I mean, he he racked up a lot of accolades. It helps that you're playing basically two JV games against one another in the wild in Chicago, who are basically tanking for the number one pick, and the wild who are resting all their star players, which then, it's almost locked up at this point that they're probably going to finish third. There's still a chance they could jump Dallas. Um, I don't think that's going to happen. So good on the Wild to honestly rest their starters and their star players, I should say, for the most part yesterday. But yeah, he looked good. Um, the Blackhawks aren't going to be winning any games here in the, in the last week of the season, but he looked really good defensively. He's a really good skater. He actually led the Wild in uh, time goals against. So that's a that's an advanced metric, too, that kind of quantifies individual play of how many shots are getting on net. And when he's on the ice, is he limiting high impact shots? He had the best figure in that yesterday at the NHL and in the Wild and Blackhawks game. He looks really good. Um, it depends where he's going to fit in here in the playoffs. I think he should be able to play in the postseason. We'll see if Dean and his coaching staff and Bob Woods, the assistant coach, was really the guy that had his thumb on him all game. That's what Dean said. That's what Russo was saying from from the press box as well. That the assistant coach Bob Woods, who handles a lot of that. He was the one kind of talking to Faber in between shifts and whatnot and mentoring him a little bit. But can he still get the patience level and the gratification that he can still play in the postseason? So, okay, I'm going to ask a dumb, uh, a dumb hockey question here. But So he's 20 years old. He played three years at the University of Minnesota, was one of their best players, leaders, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, second round draft pick. What, what's the historical context for just, okay, your college career is done. You're going to jump right into the NHL. You're not really going to spend, and we don't know this, I guess, but is it likely that he avoids the AHL going forward, like yes. into next year at this point? He's just gonna, he's just going to be, okay. So opening day, uh, opening night next season, the projection is he'll replace Dumba, whose contract is up and who's almost certainly going to have to leave. Um, and so he'll be either partnered with Brodeen, which is my guess, um, now the issue for the playoffs, and I tweeted about this is because I suggested that he and Klingberg, like Brock, Brock Faber is a better player than John Merrill right now. He just is. He's faster. He's not as savvy as far as the veteran ship goes, but guess what? This is a game based on speed now and based on skill. Like those are your two most important things in, in, you know, 25 years back that was not the case but it is now 
Um, I suggested that he could be paired with Klingberg because a guy like Faber will cover for Klingberg, who is a walking disaster with the puck if it's not a power play. <laughs> um, he made another pass last night that was just idiotic and stupid. He's just an ir- he's irresponsible. But power play-wise, they like him. Um, I immediately got notes back saying, well, they're two right-handed shots. It'll never happen. I, I love that one. It'll never happen. It can't happen. It'll never happen. You're crazy. Calm down. Uh, I did some insiding, and I checked. Faber did play both sides with the Gophers. So he can play. Like, like it is not – there's no rule in the National Hockey League rule book that says, because you're a right-handed defenseman, you cannot play on the left side. It is illegal. You can play on either side. Um, Dean Evason likes to play as veterans. I get that, okay? But if this kid shows the poise that, that we saw last night – and he looks like he's a he's a heartbeat guy. He looks like he is even all the, the time. I don't think that's going to change. I don't think he's going to play a team and like make stupid plays because oh my god, my heart was racing. Um, I think you have to give a serious opportunity here in watching him play. About depending, and it probably depends a little bit on the opponent. But if I'm playing a skilled opponent, I want him to play. Like, just to be clear, I'd rather take my chances on a kid who might be green playing, but he's got a ton of skill, as opposed to I want my third-pairing veteran D-man there because <laughs> he's gritty, you know? Well, is, is he, I guess, wouldn't the question be, like, okay, he's he's 20 years old, and he's he's a, he's jumping into his NHL career with – what three games left or whatever in the regular season, and he's he's just going to jump into the play. He's going to go from college hockey to the playoffs, basically. Mm-hmm. How yeah. likely is it that he's going to just get a little overwhelmed, do something stupid, turn over in his own zone? And I guess my amateur comeback to that would be: this is a dude that played in the Olympics last year, right? Like he's yeah. not he's played in the Olympics, he's played in the world. He won a gold medal in the World Juniors. I mean, he's played at the highest level of college hockey. And everyone who's watched him play a lot more than I have has vouched for his leadership and everything. He seems, and correct me if I'm wrong, he seems more trustworthy than most 20-year-olds that you would be pulling from college hockey to the playoffs, right? Yep. And the two examples you could probably use, and these are you know, the, the top-tier examples of guys that have jumped ship recently from college, and especially defensemen who have made that jump and have just been studs, essentially, from the get-go— uh, that would be Cal McCarr, who played one year at UMass when caught with Colorado, or we played one year at UMass, jumped ship, and played immediately in the postseason with Colorado. Uh, Adam Fox with the Rangers played three years at Harvard, uh, then has become legitimately also one of the best defensemen in the NHL, essentially overnight with next to no AHL experience. So this position, if you're ready enough and if there's trustworthy enough, yes, you can you can make that jump college to the NHL essentially overnight, and you can be a, a force there. Um, is he going to make mistakes in the playoffs, and is he going to be get caught a couple times? Yeah, one hundred percent. And you don't, you don't think guys like on Colorado or Dallas, who the Wild are likely to play, aren't going to try to expose that kid? One hundred percent, they will. Um, but I, I think from what Judd has said, and from what we've been told about him, he is an NHL ready-made player, and I'm pretty sure that the Wild will give him at least the start, the benefit of the doubt that hey, you can go in there. Uh, it's just how he performs in the playoffs after that. But we've seen defensemen now, McCarr, Fox, that have jumped ship from college hockey right to the pros and have essentially been stud defensemen right away. Him staying an, an extra year here 
because he easily could have gone to the Kings who drafted him before they traded him to the Wild in the Fiala deal. Um, him staying that year to me, too, is why he is set to pop now. A year ago, you know what? It might have been tough. Sophomore year, he's still, he's still what, at the time, 19-ish or so. Um, so I think when he decided to stay, a mature decision in and of itself, that then, and, and you know, keep in mind, I mean, he just got done, and I'm not saying it's the pros, but the Frozen Four is pretty damn good. Like, the competition he faced is pretty damn good. Um, as far as, as the mistakes go, here's my response. Because Dex is right, yeah, they'll all make mistakes. But who can, and this is, I think this is, a, I think this is a hockey thing we don't talk about enough. Who can recover from them quicker? If John Merrill screws up, which he will too, we've seen it, um, does he recover as quickly as Brock Faber does? And the answer is no. Now, now Dean would come back with, but Merrill's been here all year and veteran savvy and blah, blah, blah. But let's say you're playing the abs, okay? I would rather have my young, somewhat inexperienced, but really, really skilled player against Colorado than savvy veteran defenseman who, oh my God, McKinnon just skated right by him and now he's at the red line and McKinnon's bearing down on goal, right? So like my question is, who can, and this is what makes, again, Brodine so so damn good, who can recover quicker? Brock Faber can. And, and I just, I get really frustrated by this whole fan syndrome of, well, he can't play yet. Like, when did that start? He can't play. Is that a real sentiment? Like, is there a... Is there a yeah, I've seen on Twitter. A large fans. group of, okay. You know, yeah, well, I mean, Dean's not going to... Like, I do agree, Dean might not want to play him, but I also think that's a mistake. I in, in, I don't know. You guys would have more hockey context for this, but and Declan mentioned a couple names, but it seems like in baseball it happens all the time where there's a prospect that kind of pops in like August or is a September call up or something and then winds up on the postseason roster. You know, the the more the probably the most famous example is uh is Francisco Rodriguez, K Rod, the Angels closer from like two thousand two, where it's when you when you have a, a super young, talented, highly touted player, yep, they can give your team a jolt and go from one level to another. Exactly. You shouldn't be looking for reasons. It, it's like fear-based thinking, right? Well, I mean, he's young, and if he makes a mistake, or you could lean into the optimistic side of it, which is this young, fresh set of legs and uh, this fast, talented player might add a different dynamic that makes your team better than the third team in the in the division. Although that's another question I have for you guys is how likely in the last couple games, I know everything is kind of condensed, between Avalanche, Stars, and Wild, I mean, is there any percent chance they could climb up so, in the Central Division here? Or not really. So according to Money Puck, who kind of does all these projections um, for Stanley Cup, and in first place, third place, second place, as of right now, and the Wild do play tonight against Winnipeg, the Wild have an 88% chance of being the third uh, third place team in the Central Division. They have just a wow. 10% chance at second. So. Okay. Dallas and Colorado are basically still fighting for number one. That is still completely up in the air. Dallas has a 44% chance at the top spot. Colorado has a 55% chance. So it's it's almost a coin flip, essentially, between those two. Um, so the Wild are probably locked into third here, unless one of these two teams stumble against some pretty bad teams. Uh, so they're probably most likely going to be on the road. And if you're a Wild fan and I don't like to play matchup, you know, Hunter, like, oh, I don't want to play this team because then what's the whole point of being in the playoffs? You're going to have to play good teams. You would probably prefer, though, a Dallas matchup in the first round over a Colorado matchup. thousand percent. I want no part. I, I think if you play the Avs 
first round, you're dead. I think if you play the Stars, you got a fighting chance. Now, and do you think I, they think they're dead if they play the Avalanche? Period in any round, or do you need? You're saying? Well, no, because in in the first round, if the Avs get banged up and you don't, now you've got a chance. I do not want to open against Colorado. I would so so avoid Colorado and hope that they suffer three severe. Uh, season-altering injuries is kind of <laughs> Nathan McKinnon. Level. Dude gets hurt. Nathan McKinnon <laughs> gets hurt. So if 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 he's out now, I I definitely readjust my thinking of that potential series. So yeah, I just I would have liked to seen the Wild finish second, but I I but I get the resting of guys and make no mistake. So Kaprizov, one I I think the Eck injury in Pittsburgh, uh, probably rightfully so freaked them out as far as players being hurt. Uh, Kaprizov came back on Saturday against St. Louis. He didn't play Monday, didn't travel. I I think that's just a continued maintenance thing. The other guys who sat out last night are, and I'll I'll go through them here, Zuccarello, Brodeen, Back to Zuccarello. Over to Brodeen. now back to Dumba. In the press box is Dumba. Spurgeon's at home. Brodeen at home. Um, Those, in my guess is, those four guys have something wrong like they're they can play through it but i don't think i don't think they just randomly selected bianca presov i don't think they randomly selected four guys to rest you yeah. i think that's your if that's as close as you are going to get to a going into the playoffs injury report for this team is that those which might explain why zookie has been such a non-factor for weeks now all these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. So, okay, so what does it mean then, another dumb question for you guys, for a month, and most of the year, but specifically over the last month, yep. the Wild have rotated every other game between Gustafson and Fleury. And last night was the first time, again, in a month, that they went back-to-back with a goalie. Not not like an actual back-to-back. There was a day off between games, but where they started a goalie twice in a row, and it was the Gus bus. There's two games left. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming that Fleury plays on the back-to-back tonight. Mm-hmm. Yep. Are they setting this up for a Gus bus start, or are they going to alternate? What what did it mean that they that they broke that that trend? So Gustafson's obviously this is the funny part. Gustafson obviously and statistically has been the better goaltender, even during this and hot it's stretch. Not it's not close. Like, it's not close. Gustafson has been the better goaltender, but this team. I think we'll still give the benefit out to Mark Andre Fleury in Game One. I really mm. think they will. Do you? Yes. See, I, I think they're going to play Fleury tonight, and then they close the regular season on Thursday night in Nashville. I think they'll play the Gus Bus. Then they'll be off until I think the playoffs start uh, Tuesday. So get, Game One will be either Tuesday or Wednesday. I think they're going to start Gus, but I think both guys are, are going to play. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I firmly believe after last year's complete debacle of sticking with flower till they threw cam talbot in for game six and look cam talbot and his wife certainly didn't handle things great 
But why they were pissed off about that makes perfect sense. Um, there is no good reason, unless Gustafson absolutely stands on his head, there is no reason not to play both. But I think last night in, in the back-to-back, and then you go Flurry, Gustafson, I think it indicates that they are at least leaning towards Gustafson mm. starting game one. Which so one, which shouldn't cause a problem. Mm-mm. You know, I, dude, I mean, it shouldn't cause a problem. I get that you're talking about a Hall of Famer in you you brought him in in part because you wanted to squeeze some magic out of him, but you know, Declan brought up the stats and I'll just give you the back of the hockey card stats here, okay? Let's just go off of some of the basics. Maybe Dex has some advanced ones, but goals against average, it's almost a full goal difference. Per game between Flurry, it's literally Flurry is almost three goals per game. Gustafson is two point zero five save percentage. And again, like in one game, is there you know it might be the difference between like a goal though, you know ninety ninety one percent to ninety three percent, and that's a huge difference in the rankings because everything is such a thin margin of that position. So it's kind of amazing if you just look at the stats. Like the only reason why you'd be starting Flurry is because you thought that he was going to rise up in the playoffs and Gustafson was not, or that there's some sort of chemistry issue that you would cause, right? Because no, log- logic tells you that you should just start the better goalie who's 24 years old. Oh, yeah. Looking even um, at advanced statistics here. So this is from Natural Stat Tricks. So of goalies that have played at least 1,000 minutes, basically. Since February 1st, which is around the time the Wild, I think we're starting to get out of that swoon a little bit, but two-month sample size, basically. Right? Two-and-a-half-month sample size of, of goaltending play. Philip Gustafson and goals saved above average leads the entire NHL with a 23.9 rank. Mark, and you're going to sit him. And Marc-Andre yeah, Fleury, has he not played 1,000 minutes? He has not registered 1,000 minutes um, during that time, so he must just be on the cusp. But, but he's not leading. He's not leading. I'm going to guess. <laughs> uh, the, the goalies behind Gustafson are, are, are Sorokin with the Islanders, um, Huso with uh, Nashville. Yeah, I mean, the, uh, Valevsky's on this list. Shashirskin's on this list. Uh, and he's outperformed them. And those guys are probably some of the best goaltenders in the world right now. So mm. if we, we were to do a chart like and put down on a notepad the positives and, and the minuses, pluses and minuses of these two guys, playing in the playoffs okay flurry has experience but here's the thing gustafson and this is where i think it's important one he's played great but two his style is so calm like flurry god bless him it's fun to watch but he's flopping all over making saves is and 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 gustafson brings a he brings what is very much the new age goaltending philosophy of being as calm as possible and making key saves so I think that Flurry's experience of well, you got to play him because he's been down this path before is outweighed by Gustafson's style. Well, let me uh, let me throw this Mark Andre Flurry nugget at you then. I, I found the I put it at eight hundred minutes for for sorting purposes, so Flurry can be also grouped into this mix from the same dates. Flurry in high danger save percentage, so areas that are that are dangerous here. Mark Andre oh. Flurry is oh. second in the NHL in high danger save percentage during that span. That's fine. Uh, and Philip Gustafson is 10th. But you face more than just high danger shots. Absolutely. Right? Well, Absolutely. and now we're torturing stats, though. Like, I, I'm telling you, one, <laughs> if Gustafson leads, I'm not surprised. He's been phenomenal. Um, the other thing with Flurry is before anyone gets concerned about, well, how can you not play him? He's going to be mad. I mean, he is, he is hockey royalty, which he is. Keep in mind, 
the Flowers been here before. When Matt Murray, I think, played a key mm-hmm. role in leading the Penguins to a cup in a year in which the Flowers struggled, Matt Murray was the goaltender. Yep. So, like, he's been here before. He's 38 now. I mean, he wants success. I don't think he cares. I don't think it's it's not like he's a kid. I don't think he cares, well, if we have success, but I'm not the guy. That's a problem. I don't think there's a downside to starting Gus. I really don't. One more torturous goalie statistic here that I'll throw at you. Marc-Andre Fleury, which has been a problem for a long time with Marc-Andre Fleury. He gives up goals from far away angles, from far distances. So Marc-Andre Fleury's average goal distance is 25.13. Philip Gustafson is 17. So like when he's giving up a goal, when he's giving up a goal, Marc-Andre Fleury is giving up goals from farther away places where where if you're in tighter, right, it's naturally you're going to score closer because you're closer to the net, right? Marc-Andre Fleury gives up more goals from farther away distances than any other goalie in the NHL. Yeah, when you get a little older, it's harder to you know see the, the, the street signs as you're on the freeway, you know? That's like, Dubnik that, syndrome. This is my exit, I can't see. That's Dubnik. That, that's Doobie syndrome. Do you remember syndrome. how many goals from distance... And there's nothing more deflating than some Yahoo who gives up a goal from way, way out. Yeah, these nearsighted goalies. Yeah. Screw these guys. Yeah, you, you know, know what? Stop the puck, yeah, stigmatism. right? Stop the puck. But anyway, most important thing is, I think for anyone who says Brock Faber's not going to play in the playoffs, he shouldn't, get over yourself. Let's mm-hmm. consider what he can bring, okay? Yeah, I like it. I like it. Hey, well, I do have a random Minnesota athlete for you guys, but I want to shout out real quick uh, our friends at EcoFun. So uh, yesterday, yesterday was just 70 gorgeous. Saw a bunch of scooter riders mm-hmm. in our neighborhood. Electric bikes are in stock and on sale for spring at EcoFun. Save up to $400 on new electric bikes. Stop in, take one for a demo ride in the parking lot, see which one fits you best. Uh, you can also... Let's see here. Uh, save $300 off the total price of a new Yamaha Zuma 125 fuel-injected scooter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Get me on that, bad boy. Lowest price ever. Uh, got the blue or the black in stock, ready to ride home. Ride like old Macadac on your scooter. <laughs> That's right. Let the the wind blow oh. through your hair. Or That's right. You're a head. scooter guy now. I am a scooter guy. You see Who that? Thought? Such a hipster. Yep. But uh, EcoFun, our friends over at EcoFun, and our friends at Dennis Kirk as well. If you're looking to ride uh, motorcycles, for instance, Harleys, Indians, Metric Cruisers, sport bikes, you'll find what you need at DennisKirk.com so you can ride more weight less. Over 100,000 parts and accessories in stock, clothing and helmets as well. And shipping is free for orders over $89. Order by 8 p.m. They ship the same day. Everything you need for your ride at DennisKirk.com. It's time for another random Minnesota Athlete of the Week. That's right. By popular demand, we've been doing random Viking of the Week. We've got the random Minnesota Athlete of the Week here on Minnesota Sports with Mackie and Judd. So uh, the first time we did this was a couple weeks ago, and Judd correctly guessed Anthony Swarzak. So I'll do another one here, and then maybe we can can change up the matchup starting next week. Okay. Maybe Judd can put together some clues, and Declan and I can go head-to-head. I like it. So all throughout a series of clues, you guys can uh, shout out guesses whenever you want. You get up to three incorrect guesses and you are eliminated. You can ask me questions. I can decide if I want to answer. And we always start with this by just telling you what the what the team is. So um, we're talking Minnesota Wild here. Well. Or maybe what I should do going forward is I gave it away there, but I'll say hockey. 
Because, you know, there's a chance we might oh, sure. go back in the old North Star days. We'll say Minnesota Wild here, okay? Okay. Fair enough. So this random Minnesota athlete originally hails from Alberta, Canada. That nailed it down. That's right. He's from Canada. Any guesses? Um, I do have a question. Are we, when when we do, do this, are we incorporating active players on the team, or is this always going to be guys that are no longer on the team? I don't think there's a rule saying that it has to be a former player. Mm-mm. Okay. Okay. If you're asking me whether this is a current or former player, I think you'll figure it out here. Sure. Just trust the clues. Trust the clues. Trust. I don't. I never trust the. I never trust the clues. Okay. All right. If you're playing along at home too, you can keep keep score, but you can't Google. That's one of the rules we have. No, no. Put your phones away, kids. Put them away. This random Minnesota athlete's junior career began at age 15 for the Moose Jaw Warriors of the WHL. God, I love junior hockey names. He was actually named Moose Jaw's hardest working player and unsung hero. Oh, one of those. Is it Jared Spurgeon? I swear to God. He's from he's from Alberta. No. Okay. Judd got Swarzak in like three guesses, yeah. three clues. That was pretty Okay. So I'm I'm down one I'm down one guess. Mm-hmm. Putting an X by my name. Two more X's right. and Declan wins. This random Minnesota athlete played 14 years in the National Hockey League. 917 regular season games, 57 playoff games. I'll take a stab. I don't I think that. he logged this amount of this. games, though. West Walls. We have a West Walls guess. That was a good guess, Dex. Yeah. I don't think he logged. Why? Because it was because it was a hockey player that played for the. Oh, workman like Canada. No, he worked hard. Know. Those That's are okay. two yeah. things. <laughs> and I think he's from Alberta too, right? Is he? I think he's from Calgary. Good day. I think he grew. I think he was a Flames fan. I mean, up. it's tough because like the I feel like the Wild I'm have mostly West, have mostly had like workman players, right? Yeah. Twenty years of Wild hockey. <laughs> Very few guys Why'd you that take a shot? rise above that. Why are you taking a shot? <laughs> yeah, this unbelievably though. skilled team. It was a good guess. All right, a seventh round pick. It was a seventh round draft pick. So even workman like in the place that he was drafted, not a was high he, draft pick. Was he drafted by the Wild? No. Yeah. Chuck Fletcher once said about this random Minnesota athlete He's a player who can slide up and down your roster. He's a right shot, he can take faceoffs. He's well above average as a face-off guy on the right side of the ice. He can play wing. He can kill penalties. He can shoot the puck well. Martin Hansel. Damn it. Declan shooting his shots. Oh, God. Uh, uh, Brings a lot of versatility to the lineup is the end of the quote. All right, so it's a Fletcher era player. Up and down. His best season with the Wild. He finished second on the team in both goals and points. Oh, boy. Okay, this is not... Okay, second on... Wait, wait, wait. Second on the team, Kyle Brodziak. Oh, that's a great guess. The pride that's of Moose Jaw. Yeah, that's a great Kyle guess. Kyle Brodziak. Kyle, he can slot him down. Yeah. Good <laughs> there stuff. There it is. Judd. Good stuff. Not even gonna, not, not even upset about that one. Congratulations, Judd, with a 2 nothing lead on both of us a, in a random Minnesota it. athlete. For the fans.
<laughs> the fans are not asking for a jig. But... No, I know they're not, but that's okay. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, Kyle Brodziak. Yeah, his NHL coaches, by the way, Craig McTavish, Todd Richards, Mike Yo twice, mm-hmm. Ken Hitchcock, Todd McClellan twice. Yeah. I love, I like A lot of recycled coaches. Rods was great. He got a contract extension here. Yeah. Good, solid player. Just a he good, solid game. I remember it. Yeah. Good guy in the room. Mm-hmm. Uh, Edmonton is Edmonton is who he bookended his career with, and they love him up in Edmonton. Not a great so. player, but a really solid. They're really player. solid. Nine hundred games in the NHL. That's that's. Walls was a coffee. Walls was a good guess though, Dex, because I I thought the same thing. Like hard worker, right? Gritty guy. My guy, West Walls. There you go. All right. So congrats to Judd there, a little random Minnesota athletes. If you have suggestions of who we should include in random Minnesota athletes, some fun names, why don't you, why don't you hit us up on Twitter, send us some recommendations. But uh, we got to go check out two episodes of Purple Daily as well over on the Purple Daily YouTube channel and podcast feed. And if you could, on the Score North YouTube channel, click subscribe and like so we can spread the word about what we're building here with you Minnesota sports fans. We'll see you.